Hello, welcome to episode 34 of Defense Against the Dark Arts. I'm Paul Mill, and this episode is the ecosystem of disinformation. I like that. Uh, I thought of that when I was reading this book, uh, The Red Thread by uh, Diana West. And uh, I recommend the reading. <clears throat> if we look at how deception and manipulation are being used today, there are many case studies available. <laughs> like I just read the, the this Diana West book, um, The Red Thread, which is a very well researched. And uh, so I'm just going to use her book as a source for what I'm uh, what I'm about to talk about Not entirely, but you know, source material. So there's a bunch of different sources, but this is like the main source. So Diana demonstrates deep ideological communist threads pervading uh, the people associated with the infamous and bogus steel dossier from Fusion GPS that mainstream news did everything in their power to convince the people that it was legitimate, despite knowing, despite it being, I shouldn't say knowing, I can't know what other people know, right? But despite it being unverified and bogus. If you're interested in the communist threads, and influence in our society, I recommend her book, but I'm going to be focusing more on the techniques we're all being subject to on our daily consumption of news, propaganda, and lies. <laughs> so McCarthy was um, garlic to the communist vampires. He was the daylight of transparency that the communists would burn up in. The Russians or the, the communists, the Soviets, uh, still today, I guess, <laughs> it's still there, uh, have the simple technique of disinformation called the big lie. And all they do is call things they don't like a big lie. <laughs> right? They do this today, uh, or since, since the, the fifties, at least, uh, they do this to the, uh, to McCarthy's legacy, right. Of, of his red scare, right calling him all kinds of names and saying he didn't accomplish anything when he did, in fact, find actual bona fide Soviet agents. You know, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? doesn't matter. So not that the, uh, the domestic uh, fellow travelers are any less dangerous to the good and virtuous. And for those, those of you who do not know, uh, communists call each other fellow travelers. Ooh, a little skullduggery there. Hey, fellow traveler. <laughs> it's like the, the Masons with their handshakes, right? So uh, the, the, the well-known. <clears throat> the Soviet tactic is, to, uh, is, is, is used today by our domestic news and our politicians, and that should alarm you. Now, what is, are they using it because it is a, a powerful tactic of manipulation or are they using it because it's from their side? <laughs> a great example is the concept of the deep state. Propagandists will call it a big lie or today they'll use the term conspiracy theory. And when it comes to deep state, if, you know, if we look at the, the definition of deep state, now this is something that you got to be very careful of because the definitions are always being changed. Like today, they changed the definition of vaccine. They changed the definition of gain of function amongst other things. I'm sure inoculation will be changed. Right? <laughs> Why are they changing the definitions of all these words in one year? 
right? Let's not let's not change, right? It's all about propaganda. Why would you need to change the definition of an established word like vaccine, right? Anyways, I'm getting ahead of myself. Sidetrack. So deep state. They they uh, <clears throat> if we look at the definition of what deep state is, it's a group of unelected uh, people in government agencies that manage or control things. They're generally unaffected by elections. So if we look at the fact that there are intelligence agencies, we know they exist, right? Does anybody think intelligence agencies do not exist, right? We are forced to deduce that there is a deep state or, or generals. <laughs> do you think that generals don't exist, right? They exist. Are they elected? No, there's a deep state, right? Never mind the, the influences of a big pharma, the influences of big sugar, the influences of any of these lobby groups. Now, do we admit that lobby groups exist? Do we admit that these lobbies, you know, affect influence? Do they last from, you know, uh, uh, government to government? <laughs> yeah, they are unelected, right? They are part of the deep state. It is a, it's a big, uh, thing. It's, it's not like just a little concept of some grannies in a basement somewhere. Oh, the little deep spate, you know, with George, not George Burns, Mr. Burns. What was his first name? Mr. Mr. Burns. And, there, and this little basement with the skulls, right? Controlling the world. No, it's that's, they're trying to make you think that to make it seem unbelievable. We, we can't have people being able to simply deduce that yes there is a deep state so what we'll do is we'll try to redefine deep state or we'll smear we'll we will smear the definition uh we'll, we'll create some kind of a straw man definition and then we'll call that a conspiracy theory right so the definition of a conspiracy is simply an agreement a conspiracy is an agreement between people to form an illegal or wrongful or subversive act so if Two couple people get together and they they plan to do something wrong. That is a conspiracy, right? And if you're investigating something, you literally have to come up with conspiracy theories of people who, if you knew there was a wrongdoing and it was planned, and you're trying to figure out who did it, you literally need to have theories of conspiracies, right? So these things exist, right? The fact that they're conditioning people to think that conspiracies do not exist is mind blowing. Like that's like trying to convince people that blue doesn't exist, right? It's a conspiracy theory. Blue does not exist. The sky is not red, right? It's, it's, anyways. So, um, so if you think about the definition of conspiracy is people doing something illegal or something wrong or something subversive, what if you have an ideology where you don't believe in right or wrong? What if you had some kind of a crazy, uh, German, uh, minister that is uh, an ideological leader who died in 1971, who, who, who's, uh, an inspiration for many people who are in politics, uh, heads of CIA, uh, directors of, of FBI, uh, presidents, right? Who this religious leader had said that there is no right and there is no wrong, right? So if you think there's no right and there's no wrong, right? Maybe that's why they think there's no such thing as a conspiracy because how could you uh, plan 
between two people to do something wrong when wrong doesn't exist. Therefore, conspiracies don't exist. Maybe that's their maybe that's their logic. Right? If you don't believe there is a wrong, then how could a conspiracy exist? Because they're planning to do something wrong when wrong doesn't exist. Therefore, you know. So this this could be maybe that's what they're maybe they honestly believe conspiracies don't exist because they honestly believe there is no such thing as wrong or illegal or subversive. You know, people are insane. Anyways, it uh, it can also conspiracy also means a uh, to accomplish something, a legal purpose through an illegal action. So the 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 thing that you're achieving might be legal which is fine for people who think the ends justify the means, right? And, and again, with these these leaders who are very leftist, right? They believe the ends justify the means at all costs, right? So clearly conspiracies do exist. To say otherwise is delusional. Now let's see how they they actually define they. And by I mean they, I mean the, the enemy. And Wikipedia is infested with propaganda and normal people cannot can no longer edit it it's only edited by crazed woke leftist intelligence types right? if you're any of those you can edit it but if you're anybody else you cannot right so according to wikipedia um it's uh the definition i'm going to read it here which they say according they start off right with according to a discredited conspiracy theory bam right off the top <laughs> right right off the top right according to a discredited conspiracy theory which which discredited conspiracy theory which conspiracy theory and how is it discredited that's what i want to know so again According to Wikipedia, according to a discredited conspiracy theory, a clandestine network of actors in the federal government, okay, high finance or high industry that operates as a hidden government that exercises power along or within the legitimate elected U.S. government. So, globalists, right? So, they, they put these little words in, right? So, other than the the propaganda at the start, you know, the, the according to a discredited conspiracy theory. Other than that, their definition is uh, good. I like their definition, right? They they try to make it sound spooky. They try to make it seem all bogus, but clandestine means unnoticed by the general population, right? Check. <laughs> you know, places. I don't. I can't say. But there, there are there are uh, there are branches in government where you do things which are uh, unnoticed by the general public. <laughs> right? In fact, almost everything that happens in any business or anything is unnoticed by the general population. So that is, by definition, clandestine. Right? Unnoticed by the general population doesn't mean everybody doesn't notice it. It just means the general population doesn't know it. So. By that definition, this podcast is clandestine because the general population does not know about this podcast. So high-tech banks or government that are not elected that perform illegal or wrongful acts. So high-tech, so they're, they're saying, you know, when they high finance, high industry that operates. So high-tech banks, governments that are that are not elected so they obviously have a lot of people in these organizations who are not elected. 
Now, do these organizations perform illegal or wrongful acts? Well, they definitely have because they've been found and and charged on, on, on occasions. So they do or have performed illegal or wrongful acts. And if there's no agreements in high tech uh, banks or government to perform illegal or just wrongful acts, we should fire every kind of auditor, every kind of investigator that exists because there's no such thing as conspiracy. So we do not need auditors. We do not need investigators. Fuck, we don't need regulations because there's no conspiracies. Right? We don't need to ring these people in because they're not going to do anything wrong. Right. Who defines this, this, you know, wrong. Now I'm starting to slide into this whole thing about what right, what is right and what is wrong, right? You get esoteric definitions, but uh, ultimately it's like the, the, the heap fallacy. There are things that are absolutely wrong and there are things that are absolutely correct. Like if you have, uh, two, um, two, uh, spiders and then you add two more spiders you will have four spiders to say there's five spiders is wrong. That is wrong. (laughs) You don't have five spiders. There's only four. How many lights are there? When you add two lights and you have two other lights, you will have four lights. Is there five lights? No, there are four lights, right? It is wrong to say that you have five lights. So there is right and there is wrong. Now, again, it could be the interpretation, and this is what people do. They interpret things to mean, well, it doesn't mean the literal interpretation. It means the the natural interpretation, which, again, this is also a, a form of intentional deception and fallacy. You could use it on either side. But, uh, in fact, we probably wouldn't need the news, the news broadcast either, because they wouldn't need to be reporting on anything because there's no conspiracy, because there's no people who uh, ever do anything wrong. They don't conspire to do things wrong right? Or illegal. We don't need the police. We don't need nothing. Nobody does nothing wrong because wrong doesn't exist. And there's no conspiracies ever anywhere. (laughs) So Dinah West tells us about, uh, a discordant, but effective Marxist subversion that has been going on in the West for many decades. You know, and all communists are globalists that by definition, communists want global Domination, domination, Jesus. Marx, you know, he was, he would mention that, right? If you go back to my podcast on Marx, the guy's an idiot. So I have a book from uh, Cambridge on, uh, it's a textbook, um, Power in Global Governance. It may require several episodes, but I think I'll be covering the, uh, the evil and deceptive minds of the globalists and how they've perverted the concept of liberalism and infiltrated academia. Liberalism, liberalism is no longer uh, live and let live. It is now total power at any cost. Deception, 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 right? If we want to frame a class of enemy of the world in general, it would be the academic left and their ideologically brainwashed peons that have been released to the wild. So power at any cost implies priority of power over even their own ideology, which is what we hear from these monsters. And it is in essence only about power. 
they'll pre- they'll pretend that it's not. Oh, I'm oh here I am with some babies. You know, you have politicians giving babies candies or whatever. I don't know, but you know, it's all smoke and mirrors. And we all know this, right? Some people apparently don't, but of course we do, right? So obviously, society is not all sociopaths uh, infatuated with power, but that's the target demo of manipulators and propagandists, right? Those are the people that are easiest to manipulate. If the carrot is power, right? Here you go, you little psychopath. You want some power, right? Just do this. And they're like rats to cheese, right? Or rats to uh, whatever. So perhaps natural selection is is rewarding their infatuation with power. If so, uh, and the honest moral people die off, right? Because the 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 uh, power hungry people are getting more power and the moral people are just, you know, living and let living. Right. So the more powerful, if you extrapolate, right, they will maybe start doing better and the other people start dying off. So humanity will evolve into a race of sociopathic monsters. Right. If we extrapolate, it may or may not, it's a complex system, but who am I to judge? (laughs) Right. Diana West gives a nice overview of the strata, the layers of conspiracies that are in this entire campaign of disinformation, this uh, Steele dossier campaign, by their Gates, not Bill Gates, although his last name is appropriate, right? So we have the Steele dossier, which is called Dossier Gate, Dossier Gate, Dossier. Right, dossier gate throwing the investigation into Hillary's private servers is called server gate rigging the bogus investigation based on a bogus dossier is the FISA gate engaging in domestic espionage is spy gate and then tying a bow on the legacy of this whole uh, campaign with Mueller gate Mueller Mueller, if you've been paying attention and uh, don't know about these specific conspiracies, don't worry about it. It's not critical. Nyakritichna. <laughs> what is critical is, according to West, this conspiracy is perpetrated by networks so powerful that it is unlikely that their members will even worry about being charged with sedition or the like. A thriving and resilient ecosystem of disinformation. Who are these people? Lately, it's been totalitarian leftist globalists, what we used to just call communists, because communists are leftists and they're globalists, right? But then people try to subdivide. I'm not communist. I'm a Leninist. I'm not communist. I'm a Marxist. I'm not communist. So yeah, okay, there might be gradations, but you're all leftist shit, right? So the fight is nationalists versus globalists. But the nationalists are mostly unaware that they are even in a fight. Such is the way of information warfare. Now let's look at a set piece here, a specific example from uh, Diana's book. Um, This guy named Derek. Um, Our files on this guy indicate that he was a professor of uh, political science. And according to uh, West, um, the free bacon dug this correspondence out of his papers from Brown University in 2016. 
The letter, I think, was written in 1992. So Derek writes, I began working behind the scenes with Cody, his brother, and Sid to attack your enemies. Now I'm removing the last names. <laughs> right? So, but they're there and this is, this is documented. So I briefed Carville on how to attack Songus before James took off for Georgia. I spoke almost every day of the campaign with Cody and Sid, as well as with Susan to work on defense tactics on the issue. For the New York primary, I coordinated with Mickey and George the attacks on Jerry. I also leaked uncomplimentary material on him to the press. So, so far we got this guy. Attack your enemies, attack Songus, leaked uncomplimentary uh, material, right? This, this Derek guy, I was very successful working with Cody and Sid on the Perot problem. I coordinated their investigative work on Perot. So he coordinated their investigative work. And I know that our work played a crucial role in getting Perot to drop out of the race in July. I also worked with Cody on dealing with other matters. Cody was very effective in scaring off some of the Bush campaign's potential attacks on you because of the material that he had on Bush. So this is information warfare. After the letter, Clinton gave Scheer an ambassador post. I think it was to Finland for four years, right? What a hero, right? So according to West... Derek's brother Cody may have perfected the mechanics of delivering unsubstantiated information to the media. In 1992, he successfully shopped around unvetted allegations that Vice President Dan Quayle had purchased illegal narcotics as a law student and U.S. Senator. Despite the DEA, the LA Times, 60 Minutes, and others stating that there was nothing to it, other media uh, coverage persisted. So this guy, Dan Hewitt, who was the executive producer of 60 Minutes, explained the story's creation according to the Courier News, November 7th, 1991. The article reads, Hewitt said a Washington-based freelance writer, Cody, I will still remove his last name, brought the allegations that Quayle had purchased drugs in Indiana to 60 Minutes. Hewitt said his staff ascertained that the allegations were unfounded, but Cody later took them to at least two newspapers. Cody had been trying to get this story placed somewhere, Hewitt said. He finally talked Gary into doing it. So this Gary guy was out of newspaper. He's actually a pretty famous guy. Sort of famous, not really famous, but famous enough. So this is how they work. This is the techniques, the swamp, right in DC. So method one is get unfounded smears into incompetent or friendly media that will not bother substantiating your unfounded story. Step two, other media will cite the original incompetent media, making it sound authentic. Step three, chain reaction of repetition of the lies by the media who do not report the story, but now they report that the original paper 
reported the story or just reported it as fact. So you, you get stories that um, Washington Post reported this, right? So they're not saying that they're not reporting on this. They're reporting that Washington Post reported on it. So they're trying to cover their ass. Um, which, you know, whatever. So idiot people, um, step four. Idiot people consume unsubstantiated garbage and believe it when it is proven to be lies. It's So step five now, we know it's bullshit, right? If legally challenged, print a tiny retraction. Else keep running with it or just let it die, depending on the situation, right? Those, these are the five steps of this type of smear campaign, this type of manipulation on a broad scale, right? So this is over and above uh, propaganda of op-eds, which are mostly just, you know, dis disinformative, disinformative, Jesus, disinformative. Is that even a word? It's mostly disinformation uh, propaganda, but it's disinformative propaganda. I guess propaganda could be, yeah, disinformative propaganda. <laughs> That's a word I just made. Put that in the dictionary before they change the definition to mean something else. So this is the, the uh, this is in the official news stream of legacy corporate media. So it's not op-eds where you know it's propaganda. It's this is the mainstream news feeds reporting this. So people tend to believe it, which we shouldn't because we know it's bullshit, right? But we don't know when they're telling us, right? Unless you look into it. Most people don't have time. They don't care, whatever, right? So this is beyond manipulative, manipulative distortion of headlines and lies by omission. This is propagating unsubstantiated and therefore compromised information. So this, confirmation, this information you don't trust, but these guys love pushing it out there, right? Especially, right, if it's along with their narrative, their ideology. If they went to University of Chicago or some other communist hellhole. It's not, um, it's not just corrupt officials, right? This is, this is going to the ecosystem of disinformation. It's not the person who just wrote the bullshit. It's not the, the paper who agreed to print the unsubstantiated stuff. It's, it's the whole supply chain, right? All the other people that are all, you know, ideologically aligned pushing this. So it is an ecosystem and the, the leftist ideology has always been as it is today to win at all costs. There is no right. There is no wrong. Two plus two can equal five if it pushes the ideology forward. The entire leftist ideology is sacrilegious towards critical thinking and objective reality. They'll say as much, unless they're lower on the useful idiot chain and they don't know any better, right? Or if they're higher up, they know how to use propaganda to, to lie about it, right? At all costs, at all costs. Another example of this type of pushing unverified stories is, of course, the Steele dossier, which is surprising or perhaps eye-opening to those who see the size this, and depth, this, this scope, the scale of this ecosystem of disinformation. So this bogus, without going too far into details about the background of it, read Diana West's book. It's really interesting. So this bogus dossier of 16 memos created by someone somewhere paid for by the Hillary campaign and the DNC, which the news media 
would not tell us, right, or parts thereof, funneled funds to the Fusion GPS via the law firm of Perkins & Coey. Diana goes into great detail exposing the communist links with so many of the scumbags involved. Fusion GPS apparently provided this dossier to David, who gave it to Senator McCain, who gave it to FBI Director James Comey. But that wasn't good enough, so David pushed the unverified garbage to the the quality outfit known as BuzzFeed, who released the salacious and unverified garbage into the public domain. Since the story was fabricated, BuzzFeed clearly could not have done their due diligence in trying to verify the unverified garbage story. Even though the FBI and everyone else knew it was bogus, it was still pushed by the corporate media for years without verification. Four years. Or three and a half, whatever. And worse, you know, at, at that point, they had to have known if they were, you know, uh, professionals, they would have known it was bogus, right? It's their job. And if they didn't, if they, if they couldn't verify it, why are they publishing it, right? A lot of people involved in the disinformation campaign of the Steele dossier appear to be pro-Soviet or communist apologists, Apologists? Yeah, I guess that's a word. Scumbags. Diana West wrote about another disinformation campaign that was unleashed against one of her books that analyzed the Russian influence. So two Russian expert assholes, we'll call Harvey and John, argued that there was very little indicating successful policy manipulation. So they argued that there was very little that indicated successful policy policy manipulation. So what they mean, policy manipulation, you know, Western policy, United States West or uh, policy manipulation by Russians or Soviets before them. David's brother wrote an op-ed in Washington Post that it was a surprising misconception that intelligence uh, that intelligence agents really even attempted what uh, Harvey and John called policy manipulation. <laughs> so there's a, right, it, they, did they really even attempt it, right? It's a, it's a surprising misconception that these agents really even tried it. So what is it? Did they even try it? They, did they really even try it? <laughs> I was like the weasel words. Right. Obviously they did try it, right? Obviously there's all kinds of successful Russian, right? hold on a sec. What about, what's with this whole dossier? Wasn't the dossier all about Didn't this dossier that these people are all fighting to say is true is actually saying that there was successful, <laughs> right? Uh, policy manipulation. They, they're, they're manipulating the election. They manipulated Trump's policies, right? And yet they're saying, oh, come on. After, after all that, right? We're going to pretend that didn't happen, right? There was no real policy manipulation by Russians or Soviets, right? Especially in academia. <laughs> they don't want you looking. Uh, what these experts are trying to do is erase the story. They're trying to erase the mechanism. They're trying to re erase the impact of the subversion of our institutions, 
Recall the experts claim there's never been Russian influence. They claim the Russians miraculously have influenced the 2016 election and they influenced Trump and hence they influenced U.S. policy. Then after 2020, they claim the election uh, fraud, anybody who mentions collection fraud about the 2020 election is a conspiracy nut, right? And there's never been Russian influence on U.S. policy or institutions. So their stories are incongruent. Either there has been influence or there has never been influence. They claim both, but they pretend that people don't have memories. They, they treat you like you're an idiot. They can't remember longer than two months. So this guy Whitaker Chambers is a former communist member and a Soviet spy. He, he wrote in his memoir, memoir called Witness, that gaining influence was more important than gaining information. Gaining influence was more important than gaining information. So they're not about getting the blueprints of some, you know, silent sub. They're about influencing policy, which makes sense, right? If you could control them, you don't give a shit what they're making. They'll make what you tell them to make, right? You control them, right? Influence. That power to influence policy has always been the ultimate purpose of the Communist Party's infiltration, according to Whitaker Chambers. Chambers stated that the assignment of the GRU agent, Elger Hiss, who worked in the U.S. State Department, was to mess up policy. Now, this uh, contemporary hero, James O'Keefe, had a documentary called Unmasking the Deep State. It features self-described communists inside the federal government bragging about doing the same thing. He, uh, just the other day, James O'Keefe's... home and business was raided by the FBI because he uh, he did not print. Somebody gave him a dossier and he could not verify it. And unlike BuzzFeed and all these other scumbag things, he did not publish it. And yet the FBI, he gave it to the police. They gave it to him. Somebody gave him this, this dossier, we'll call it. And he looked at it. He could not verify it. So he couldn't print it. So he gave it to who the local police, he gave it to the authorities. And so what happens a year later, the FBI storms and raids his fucking business. Tell me that's not political. It was a fucking, uh, a, uh, Joe Biden's daughter's, uh, diary. Since when is the FBI investigating lost diaries? And why would they investigate, uh, uh, a guy who did not publish the diary. It's almost like, what? how come you didn't publish the diary that we gave you, right? That was unsubstantiated, right? You're supposed to do it, like all media, right? They all publish unsubstantiated information. That's what you do as media. This is like the what, right? It is insane. It does not make sense. It is so banana republic to have Joe Biden, the president of the United States, using the the politically... uh, FBI to do his political dirt to go after people who he just doesn't agree with politically. And you know, this, this honest, they, they disagree with James O'Keefe because he's honest, right? He's about shining a light. So what do they do? Let's get, send the FBI after him. Cause that's what the FBI should do. I mean, Epstein, right? Pedophile Island, atrocious things going on. Nothing. Zero white on rice. 
go go after James O'Keefe, but don't go after the scumbag Epstein, right? The FBI is disgusting and politically based, and uh, I do not trust the FBI at all. They have demonstrated that they are untrustworthy and politically based. It should be noted that the bogus steel dossier was used by the FBI and the DOJ to as um, they presented it uh, to the FISA court for authorization to spy on Trump's campaign. So they used a bogus dossier as a reason to investigate a presidential candidate's campaign. So the, the FISA is a Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Act, which is a law mandating the procedures for investigating persons suspected of being foreign spies or involved in terrorism. So this ecosystem of disinformation has been used by both Republicans with 9-11, Bush, you know, the whole go-to uh, Iraq thing, right? Um, and Democrats, for pretty much everything else that's ever happened. Right? But in recent years, there has been a constant totalitarian left uh, ideological narrative that's becoming more obvious in the uh, EOD, the ecosystem of disinformation. <laughs> Diana West goes into much more detail about the red thread, and I recommend her book, again, if you're interested or not. You should still read it. Granted, she does pull out some manipulative techniques like implication by association. You know, if you if you put things side by side, it kind of taints the one thing, right, by having it right next to something else. I've noticed that. And uh, she's been using, but she hasn't been sued, right? And, and she has tomes of citations. So she is definitely a voice worth listening to. And if you want a detailed background or about the Fusion GPS scandal that is still happening today that you will not get from corporate media, her book, Red Thread, is a must. She exposes the reality, uh, the, the, that, that reality is more complex than our assumptions might have us believe. Almost nothing is black and white. To include a few more of the Russian tactics of manipulation, we would have to include the assassinations and beating deaths of inconvenient people. Well, Putin, you know, appears to be not a fan of oligarchs. He appears to be less a fan of Western academic pro-communist billionaires. <laughs> you know, they're fine for useful idiots, but hands off of Putin's pie. Right? That seems to be the message, right? The Russians, of course, are masters of disinformation. Uh, they literally invented the word. And one of their techniques is the big lie, which is essentially any nefarious act by the regime that is talked about as, you know, they call it a big lie. So useful idiot Russian apologists and Western academia scramble over themselves to repeat Whatever the Kremlin propaganda is. Oh, that's a big lie. We didn't do that. We didn't kill all those Ukrainians. Oh, we didn't starve them. No. Oh, the Bolsheviks are nice people. <laughs> right? Oh, we're not murderers. We don't line up intelligentsia and shoot them in the back of the head. No. We're the nice Bolsheviks. <laughs> right? Oh, these morons and oh, academia. It's a thing. They should know better. Right? 
So they've been ideologically compromised. West writes how those on the outside of conspiracies will generally have a tough time determining the command and control structure of it. So who's in charge? Who's paying? You know, is it domestic? Where's their HQ? Is it in Langley? Is it in the Kremlin? Is it in the World Bank? You know, according to West, former CEI director John Brennan once wrote, if democracy is a process rather than a state, the democratic process may involve at some point the violation of personal liberties and procedural justice. The violation of procedural justice. The violation of personal liberties. That's John Brennan's democratic process. James Comey wrote, he, the, the Christian, he was referring to the, the, the antecedent to he is Christian in this sentence. He must be willing to sin in the name of justice. He must be willing to sin in the name of justice. So their own ideology, their own values are second to the name of justice. Now, how is he defining the name of justice? Is the name of justice power for their 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 ideology? Right? This explains a lot. This this is how the deep state thinks. Thank you.